Season 2, Episode 4, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, Luke Chapter 1, Verses 5 through 25. All right, season 2, Episode 4, based on A.T. Robertson's Harmony of the Gospel for Students of the Life of Christ, Copyright USA 1922. Episode 4, The Annunciation of the Birth of John the Baptist to his soon-to-be father, the priest Zacharias. In Jerusalem, in the temple, probably, and I, I love those words because that's, you know, dates are kind of extra-biblical. It doesn't say in the inspired Word of God exactly when these things happened, and it was a long time ago, and there were a lot of records uh, destroyed or whatever. Uh, Jewish people, they have no idea their lineage anymore. I don't think they know what tribe they're from, but they did back in the day. And uh, anyway, um, so the probably date here is BC 7. Uh, I've seen BC 4 for Christ. Uh, the first date I've seen, but I, I guess this would be based on uh, Robertson's study and his best guess. And he wrote the word probably, so there you go. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 25. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. I did a little research on Abiah, the course of Abiah. That's uh, a Levi Abiah was a Levitical priesthood, priestly order, that King David established 28 generations before Christ, because it was 14 generations from, as we studied I guess yesterday, 14 generations from from Abraham to David, 14 generations from David to the carrying away of Babylon, and 14 generations from the carrying of Babylon to the Messiah. So that would be the last two 14 generations would be 28 back to David, 42 back to Abraham. Anyway, um, just trying to tie it all together, I guess and take a cough drop at the same time. All right, <coughs> excuse me. Okay, so um, uh, as I was studying this uh, Abiah priesthood, uh, well, it's going to come up in the next verse, so I'll bring it up then. All right, verse 6. Uh, and they, that would be Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth, were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Now, you know, were they perfect? I mean, no. But but we're blameless in Christ. And uh, so, you know, he took our blame. So they look forward, we look back. The thief on the cross looked to his left or to his right. Not sure which cross he was on. I'm pretty sure Jesus was in the middle. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, verse 6, And they were both, Zacharias and Elizabeth, righteous before God, 
walking in all commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. Okay, you know, I was thinking, I know some people that are pretty doggone blameless, you know. I don't know anything they've done wrong. So I think, you know, and have, have, have for all of sin come short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. Uh, we are all as an unclean, you know, all our righteousness are as filthy rags. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Uh, these these folks needed a Savior. I think they knew the Savior. I think they were well-versed in, in uh, the Old Testament. It's my opinion. It says... Uh, righteous before God, so no, there's unrighteous, no, not one. But these were good people. Uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. And they had no child, which back then was a big deal. We talked about yesterday about how uh, Tamar had tricked Judah and conceived twins, and she's in the line of Christ. Um, and, and at the judgment there of, of Judah, he said, you're more righteous than I. I should have done what I was supposed to do, and that was give you another son to marry. But that's Genesis chapter 38. In verse 7, And they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and uh, uh, just on a personal note, I guess, my wife, uh, we never had any children. And I was fine. She, she, about three years into our marriage, she said, we were married 31 years and three days. But uh, she, she died three days after our 31st anniversary. But anyway, um, they, they had no children because Elizabeth was barren. But I had malaria in Panama. I've talked about that earlier on other podcasts. And uh, she, she always said, it's your fault. So whatever, we just never went the route of, uh, you know, all you can do now to try to have children. In fact, she came to me and asked, talked to me about a, uh, adoption. And I basically said, you know, or at least I thought, I don't know what I said, but I said, I'm good, but if you want to, go ahead. And next thing I know, we had two boys, and that was kind of a God thing because we found out about them within 24 hours of each other from two completely different sources. Uh, the first one was from HRS here in Miami, uh, and the second one was uh, a baby that was uh, f up for adoption in Honduras. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyway, so I don't want to say my wife was barren. And, you know, we're barren when, we, when we're fruitless. When we don't bear fruit, when you don't talk to people about the Lord, we're, we're uh, faith without works is barren. Get to work what it's talking about for the judgment seat of Christ James chapter 2 I did uh, James so you can go back and find those podcasts if you want anyway um, what we got to repent of is our dead works our dead our works are dead for salvation uh, our our faith in God is dead for the judgments judgment seat of Christ for the Bema seat for the award ceremony in heaven everybody that's there is a believer so your faith isn't going to do you any good. It's going to get you in the door. You made the Olympics. You made the team. But, you know, whether you have any rewards, even if you have no rewards, if all your uh, works are burned up, in the, in the, in the example in Corinthians, um, wood, hand, stubble, uh, that's all you have. You're still saved, yet so as by fire. And 
I used to love to go to award ceremonies and hear the stories, and I wasn't a coach, and I wasn't on the team, and I didn't get an award, and I didn't get to stand up and talk about my players, but I just loved to see the love from the coach and the kids. So there's a seven years award banquet coming in heaven called the Marriage Feast of the Lamb. If you want awards, then do what James said, get to work. How about this? Chapter James chapter 2, verse 12. Speak and do as those that shall be judged by the law of liberty. That's the law of liberty is where you're not judged for your sin. You're judged for your good work. It's an awards banquet. Now, you know, if you don't have any good works, then your, your punishment is loss of reward. But do you really want something you didn't earn? I, I don't. I surely don't. And, I, and it's, it ain't going to happen. So God... Jesus is the judge, so he's going to do a very good job. And it would be embarrassing to get an award I didn't deserve. So I'm good. Uh, verse 7, And they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. Um, anyway, uh, well, we'll just leave it at that. Probably said too much about that already. All right, verse 8, And it came to pass that while... Zacharias executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course. Now, that kind of goes back to my my looking on the internet about Abiah, uh, Levitical priestly order, or however, I, the course of Abiah, or what, however I worded it. It came up, and I, I read several things. One of them was uh, by a man I heard speak, uh, Charles Ryrie in Chicago. I've mentioned him several times. And it was his study that he thought that that uh, David had established uh, priests when they got the uh, tabernacle back from the Philistines that that Saul had lost, and they were tabernacleless until uh, it came back, uh, and David, you know, first came to to where the barn it was in, and and just started carrying it out and somebody touched it and dropped dead. Forgot his name, but you can read the story. And um, he, uh, you know, the, the, the animal shook and it kind of shook the cart and the guy put his hand on it and dropped dead. And David was really concerned about that. And he went back and he read the Bible uh, about how it's supposed to be carried by priests. And so he kind of went above and beyond. I'm not sure how many miles they had to cover when the ox shook to Jerusalem, but he went six paces. They put the ark back down. He offered a sacrifice. The priest pick up the ark again, go six paces and drop it, and, and he offers another sacrifice. He was not going to mess up. But he was very excited, very happy. Um, his wife, uh, the daughter of uh, Saul, his first wife, um, and kings collected wives, but you know that was not always a good. It was I don't think it was ever a good thing. But um, Adam didn't, but uh, wasn't that way from the beginning. But anyway, um, it, uh, I forgot her name, Michael or something like that. Uh, made fun of David, or you know said you look like a fool. And anyway, uh, it wasn't very good for their relationship, I guess. But they did, I think they stayed married. He took care of her, he fed her, and whatever. But anyway, um, David, okay, so David established, uh, so what you did, your course was, you only, you only according to what uh, 
Charles Ryrie wrote uh, was that um, that you, he established 48 groups of priests. No, 24 groups. This was the eighth group of 24 groups that Abiah belonged to. And they served for two weeks. Now, I don't, I don't know what they did with the other four weeks of the year. I tried to figure that out, but I couldn't. But the Jewish calendar is a little different than... than uh, but I asked the question, I tried to figure out how many weeks are there in a Jewish calendar. I couldn't, I couldn't find a number of weeks. So anyway, but uh, it was only a two-week gig, if you will, for each of the 24 groups. Then that would get you to 48 weeks. And um, again, I'm... Just that extra biblical stuff. I just I'm, I just like to study the word and not get too distracted. Maybe I'm lazy, but anyway. Um, but it, it it was his course was it says back here, um, verse eight. And it came to pass while he executed the priest's office, and he it was his lot. I guess they drew straws or something to burn incense before the Lord. The high priest would go in once a year and into the holiest of holies, but he's right outside the holiest of holies, where they have the altar, the altar of incense, and they have the the seven candlestick, and they have the um, showbread that the priests ate. I think every day, you know, put new bread out there, and so they were busy. Uh, priests, believe it or not, retired at fifty. I don't know. They, I don't know. They, they had a lot of work to do, I guess, and, and maybe they were preparing. I don't know what they were doing. But uh, I'm retired and, and I'm staying busy, so I'm sure they did as well. They have the word to study and that can keep you busy. Verse eight, and it came to pass, it came to pass, while Zechariah executed the priest's office before God, in order of his course, which is a two-week deal, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense. When he went into the temple of the Lord, and he's going into the police place where I, I think only priests go, not the holiest of holies, that's only the high priest once a year, but these the outside of that, they went daily and, and did their work for the Lord. The Lord's presence is there. His Shekinah glory is in the temple, so a little different today, but His Shekinah glory is in us now. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Anyway, verse 10. And the whole multitude of people were praying without at the time of incense. They could probably smell it. Uh, maybe they were. that's what they were doing the rest of the time was preparing it. This was uh, the work of the apothecary. The perfumes and stuff like that, they're very uh, much chemistry go into those things. And they're very expensive too. But... Um, Look up puked up octopus sometime and find out what they make out of that. Uh, whales eat octopus and then they puke it up. If you find it floating around, it's like, I think I mentioned that in the podcast, it's worth, I don't know, $30,000 a pound or something like that. It's uh, very expensive. They make perfume out of it, which I'll steal a joke from a friend of mine. Uh, that uh, that explains a lot. But <laughs> sometimes that perfume is a little overdone. Kind of makes your eyes water a little bit. Anyway, verse 10. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. So if if he's, uh, if his flock is as good as he is, then it's a sincere group of people. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. So again, he's inside where they have all the 
things. I, I should have looked it up. I didn't. Um, it's easy to do. All you got to do is look for, a, you know, uh, the temple and and just look up uh, pictures, uh, illustrations, and they'll show you all the different stuff that's inside the temple. I was lazy. Didn't do that. I'm trying to remember it from pictures I've seen in the past. But anyway, um, verse 12. Inside the holiest of holies was the Ark of the Covenant. That was not out where everybody could see it. And you wanted to be careful around that as Uzzah, that was the guy's name that touched it and died, Uzzah. Anyway, verse 12, And when Zacharias saw the angel, spoiler alert, Gabriel, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. I'll tell you what, if I'm, in, you know, if, if somebody, if I'm alone and somebody appears, I'm going to be a little concerned myself. I, if the Lord ever speaks to me, I hope it's in a dream because dreams are troubling enough. I can't imagine. But anyway, he does the same thing with Mary. So it's, I think it's a kind of, it's a commendation that, 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 pre, that the angel would, would appear to Zacharias, although Zacharias is going to get himself in trouble here. But uh, verse 13, but the angel said unto him, fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. Now, it wasn't a prayer he'd said as a priest inside the temple right then, I don't think. Because I don't think he was really looking forward to having kids. Uh, he thought that ship had sailed. He said, uh, you know, my wife is well stricken. I'm old. I'm really old. And my wife is well stricken in years. But anyway, that's where he gets in trouble. But anyway, I think that, you know, in the course of his life, I'm sure he prayed. You know, I would have prayed for my wife if I knew how much she wanted children, you know, during those three years. It just never came up until she said, what do you think about adoption? I said, it's okay with me. I'm good, but if you want to go for it, go for it. I'm, and I always have to say, I'm very glad she did. My boys check on me every single day. They're both police officers. So, anyway, um, fear not. Here's Gabriel talking to Zacharias in verse 13. Fear not, Zacharias. For thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. So again, a good husband would be, you know, and, and I've heard men that wanted women just as bad, I mean, wanted children just as bad as women do. Their wives did. Uh, I knew a, a guy that shared it with us and just uh, agonized, you know, talking to the Lord. He's in education and, and uh, you know, always dealing with other people's kids, but he didn't have any himself. So they also went the adoption route, and, and right after they did that, they they conceived a son. But anyway, um, fear not, Zacharias, for the thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. Now I think good people have good friends. And good friends rejoice when things goes well for you. My good friends ask me how I'm doing. And they and I tell them I'm doing great. I'm doing Tony the Tiger great. And my niece wrote on Facebook. She said, I'm so glad you're doing Tony the Tiger great. Because people care about it. You know, it's touching when people care about you. And I think these good people had good friends. But we get a little insight into their friends here as we go on. <laughs> they want to argue about what to name John. 
But uh, one of my boys is named John. Anyway, verse uh, 15. Well, let me read 14 again. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb, which explains a little bit, a few verses ahead that we're not going to get to today, when Elizabeth comes to Elizabeth and uh, John leaps inside. He's six-month-old John, I think, and six months conceived, six-month-old in the womb, leaps for joy at the approach of Mary and Jesus. <clears throat> Verse 15, For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. Believers are filled with the Holy Ghost today. You know, so you can definitely ignore the Holy Ghost. If you yield to the Holy Ghost and get the fruit of the Spirit, you're going to have a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff in your life. But, um, you know, that's, that's an individual call, I guess. A measure of our faith on the Lord is how much we want to please Him and live for Him and serve Him and avoid bad stuff. Uh, verse 16, And many children of Israel shall be turned to the Lord their God. So John the Baptist was going to talk about the Messiah. I'm not the Messiah. I'm not fit to untie his shoes, but um, he's coming after me. I'll baptize you with water, which, folks, just gets you wet. But he will baptize you with fire and the Holy Spirit which happens at salvation. First comes salvation, and then should come baptism, in my not-so-humble opinion, I guess. Anyway, and many of the children shall he turn to the Lord their God. Verse 17, Gabriel continues, And he shall go before him, and, and your son, John the Baptist, shall go before him, the Messiah, in the spirit and power of Elijah. King James has it Elias, but it's Elijah. I don't know why they change names around. I guess I go by a lot of different names too. So, Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make people ready to prepare for the Lord. And the Lord's coming to be the king of Israel, but they don't it doesn't happen, so he's got to go with plan B, which is the Gentile church. But it is the, the, Israel's going to come through like gangbusters during a tribulation. It's a hard time, it's a judgment, but they are going to you know, have stuff to tell their children about for, for eternity. You know, what was it like to go through the tribulation? Personally, I'm kind of glad that I'm getting out of Dodge, but... Uh, we which are alive shall the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the heavens with them so shall we ever be with the Lord it's first, first and second Thessalonians all about the rapture the first epistle Paul wrote verse 18 and Zacharias said unto the angel 
know, this is, this is his mistake. Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? Uh, maybe because I'm an angel and I just, I'm Gabriel and I, you know, just told you. How about that? Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife well stricken in years. I mean, I would be tempted if I was Gabriel. And I think he does kind of say, do you know who you're talking to? But, you know, we're above the angels in heaven, but, but now we're below them. I just look it up. They'll take you to the verses for that. Verse 19. The angel answered and said unto Zacharias, I am Gabriel. That stand in the presence of God. And I am sent to speak to you and to show you these glad tidings. Wait for it. Verse 20. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak. Until the day that these things shall be performed. Because thou believest not my words. Which shall be fulfilled in their season. You know, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, that's a sad thing right there because they God's words will be fulfilled in their season and their season unfortunately for you is your lifetime so I would trust the Lord today if you haven't and I would go out and tell other people about them start with your family and friends and branch out to everybody you meet I try to talk to everybody on the phone don't ride a motorcycle in the dark, tell them my story. Uh, I woke up in the ambulance. If I hadn't woke up in the ambulance, I would have woke up in heaven, not because I'm good, but because Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid for all my sins. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever, God had me at whosoever 48 years ago, whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what I have. So, trust Christ. Verse 21. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. I guess normally it didn't take him that long to burn the incense. And, uh, you know, maybe the odor has dissipated or whatever. I don't know. But they're, they're worried about Zacharias, I guess, inside the temple. You don't go into the temple unless you're a priest. And you don't go into the holiest of holies unless you're the high priest. And, and uh, they wore bells, so... I guess it's extra biblical. I don't know if it's extra biblical or not, but maybe they would know if they're still alive if they wore bells on their garments. Anyway, I know they wore bells. Read Genesis, Exodus. Read Exodus. Yeah, birth of Genesis ends with the death of Joseph, and Exodus begins with the birth of Moses. So you'd have to read Exodus to hear about, read about the the garb of the priests in the temple or in at that time the uh, tabernacle okay uh, verse 22 and when Zacharias came out he could not speak unto them maybe he hadn't tried to speak until he came out maybe he didn't know he couldn't speak 
He didn't believe him about, you know, having a baby, so he might not have believed him about you're not going to be able to talk. Because, because of the picture that this verse 22 paints for me. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple because, or for, he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. He's just, you know, he's going through the motions of talking, but he's, nothing's coming out. So obviously he's got something to say, but he can't say it. And in the next nine months, he's going to, about nine months, well, the two weeks he got to be over, and then he goes back home, and and however many months later, they have a, John the Baptist is born, and he speaks for the first time then. But that's coming up soon. All right, uh, verse 23, And it came to pass, as soon as the days of his menstruation was, in ministry was accomplished, he departed to his own house, which he gets to spend a lot of time there. I mean, maybe he's working. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe priests had other things to do. But they only worked in a temple, according to what I read, for two weeks. I didn't find it in um, back in Chronicles. I didn't read that. I didn't quote that verse to you where some of that stuff came from. Why didn't I do that? Yeah, um, very, at the very beginning, uh, you can look at First Chronicles 24, 4 through 10 to read about the Davidic uh, priestly orders that David set up in preparation for building the temple. But at that time, maybe they had just gotten the uh, tabernacle back from the Philistines and he wanted to do it right. He started studying the Bible like crazy when, when Uzzah dropped dead because he was pretty upset about that. Anyway, uh, I think they knew they weren't supposed to touch the tabernacle. I mean, when it first came into Israel, 50,000 people died because they looked inside of it. When it, when it came on the ox cart, you've got to read uh, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings. You'll learn all this stuff from the historical books. All right, um, those are fun books to teach, but I'm trying to get the Gospels out of the way. Um, okay, uh, speechless. It came to pass as soon as his ministration... He'd uh, he departed and went to his own house. So he's got to talk to Elizabeth. And after those days, his wife conceived, after those days of finishing his uh, ministry, you know, his two-week service in the temple, after those days, his wife, I don't know, it doesn't say, after those days, Elizabeth, and maybe he didn't live, I don't know where he lived. Maybe he had his own farm somewhere. I don't know how priests did stuff, but... Anyway, after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months. I, you know, it, well, here's what she said. Thus hath the Lord dwelt with me in the days wherein he looked upon me to take away my reproach among men. I'll just say this. I had a good friend Oh, close to 30 years ago. And we were young and he was young. And his wife conceived. And he was my best friend at the time. And we just really, you know, we we were very close. Spent a lot of time together. And uh, I really cared about him. And she lost a baby. And... Uh,
remember hearing about it and seeing him at school, but the first time I saw him, he was the kind of guy that you wave to. I heard you, you really like people by the measure of how far you are away from them when you wave at them. I could be, you know, a football field away and I'd be waving both arms to wave at my friend. But anyway, we saw each other. And we just hugged. And and just hugged and hugged and hugged. And he cried and cried and cried. And uh anyway. Um so I don't know why she kept quiet. She might have you know, known that, you know, she's a at-risk pregnancy or whatever. But she, I think she was pretty believing good person. So maybe they'd already learned not to distrust God. That this was a good thing. What she said exactly was, Thus saith the Lord. Thus, I'm sorry, saying, Thus hath the Lord dwelt with me. She was saying, Thus hath the Lord dwelt with me in the days wherein he looked upon me to take away my reproach from among men. Again, having a child back in those days was was really kind of very important. Now, John the Baptist was uh, had unusually old parents, and part of that was I'm sure he was able to take care of them. Uh, you know, before he began his ministry. But... Um, which sounds like he didn't have any parents to take care of while he was doing that. And they didn't see him, you know, they didn't have to suffer through the beheading of John the Baptist and all of that that came. He is six months older than Jesus. He was six months, uh, well, it says when, when, Mary, when Mary comes to see her cousin Elizabeth, which would make him a second cousin provided that Elizabeth and Mary were first cousins. Anyway, um, so uh, just to tell you what's coming up in the next uh, episode, based on A.T. Roberts' Harmony of the Gospel for Students of the Life of Christ. That's what we are. We're students of the life of Christ. Copyright USA 1922, which makes the copyright expired in the U.S. and public domain. The Annunciation of the Virgin Mary and the birth of Jesus. Uh, the Annunciation to the Virgin Mary, this is the angel talking to Mary, that she's going to have a child. So we had an angel talking to Zacharias here, and Mary does not mess up like Zacharias did. She's not mute until the baby's born, but anyway. Um, so I will say to God, adios, I will say, via con Dios, go with God.